Hey everybody, Matt here. And as we sit in our homes trying to avoid the plague outside, we usually look for some semblance of normalcy, some tiny little speck of what we remember life was like before the virus. We hope that our weekly episodes, while not the usual gameplay, can bring some joy or normalcy to our chaotic lives. No matter what you think about politics or politicians or the decisions they make, our fantasy worlds will always be a great escape. Now, this week's episode topic is a land that is not spoken of very much. Though it is the home to a character from our Reforge series, Amerilith Knox. Our Eladrin Witch. Her home is known as the Scorched Sanctuary. So, with that being said, let's jump in to this week's episode. Welcome to the Quill Institute, Session 2. You find yourself in a classroom again. The walls are the same white stone that you remember from last time. But this room is different. The walls are not plain as they were last time. This time, the walls are covered in maps and charts, navigation equipment, blueprints. Around you are rows and rows of desks filled with other students, just like you, eager to learn. Into the room walks a half-elf female, wearing very well-made studded leather armor, dyed a deep green. Around her neck, she wears an amulet, carved with a quill and parchment. She takes a blue stone from her desk and gently tosses it into the air. It hovers over the center of the classroom, and suddenly a map of this island is projected above you and the other students. Hello, class. I am Lavinia Crestspire, and I'm going to be your geography teacher this term. Though this will not be like a normal geography class. It will be part geography, urban studies, and anthropology. Remember, if you wish to rise in the ranks of the Quill Institute, you must pass all of your classes, this one included. Today, we will be talking about a land ravaged by dragons. Today, we learn about the Scorched Sanctuary, or, as it was originally known, Brightcroft K. Now, Brightcroft K was, or is, a medium-sized island to the east of the continent of Kars. It was, in the very distant past, home to a massive amount of dragons. Historians believe it may have actually been the site of creation for all dragons. Historians, in speaking with the remaining dragons in our world, find that most dragons actually can trace their lineage back to Brightcroft. Some dragons made their way from Brightcroft K and began settling in other lands. Take Kars, for example, where a flight, or group, of dragons took residence and actually built a meeting place 
and uh, kind of a governing body, which they called the Misrule Court. Any dragon wishing to take residence on the continent of Kars would have to seek an audience with the leader of the Misrule Court and its Congress of Dragon Elders. Over time, the majority of the dragons left Brightcroft and ventured through Talea in search of, well, whatever it is dragons search for. Though some dragons remained on the island, whether due to sentimentality or simply because they enjoyed living there. People from all over Talea discovered the island infested with dragons. They would take ships and venture out to Brightcroft Cay in search of glory and a trophy to bring back home to show off to their friends. The rich would charter boats and bring them close enough to the island in hopes that they might see the majesty of a full-grown dragon. The rich and brave, or stupid in many cases, would venture onto the island. Few actually returned home. It became a sport for the wealthy and the stupid throughout Talea. Even those who dared come close to the island could draw the ire of a dragon. Though, as dragons moved away from Brightcroft Cay, slowly, over time, people moved onto the island in an effort to displace the dragons or just outright killing them. Dragons are strong, but in the end, the numbers usually win. And when a full contingent of armed people face one dragon, sometimes the dragon loses. The dragons, rightfully so, didn't take kindly to being kicked out of their homes and having their kin killed. So they waited, biding their time, allowing the people to build their settlements waited for the cities to thrive. And after several years passed, the dragons came out of hiding. They left their caves and their hovels and wherever else they hide, and they attacked the settlements of men. They started at the northernmost point of the island, flying by the cities and releasing the full fury of their breath attacks. When it was all said and done, the top 33% of the island was burnt to cinders. Unlivable, unfarmable, useless land. Fire was so hot, it melted the stone cities. To this day, if anyone is brave enough or stupid enough to set foot on the scorched land, they will see the remnants of cities melted to look like mountains of drooping, dripping stone. Fire courses through cracks in the terrain and erupts in gouts of flame. Dark cloud covers the north and lightning strikes are frequent. Clouds of poison, gas, and acid spew from fissures in the earth. The dragons have made it clear. This is their home.
Three large cities were lost to the dragon attacks. Dusklight Reach, Steel Peak, and Misthaven. The cities and villages on the lower 66% of the island continued to grow and flourish, though the looming threat of dragon attacks is always in the forefront of their minds. Some city leaders even put together a team to perfect dragon fighting and capturing techniques. The elven citadel known as Cloudreach is home to the elves and Eldrin, though some gnomes frequently live here as, as well. It is a great environment for tinkering. The city is a free-thinking, completely open society. Here, amazing things are created. The designs for the Bronze Bastion were first drafted here. In conjunction with the Dwarves of Embergate and the Gnomes of Starpoint, these amazing and intricate bronze towers were erected um, along the divide between the Burned Lands and the Living Lands. A series of five spectacular towers, crafted out of bronze and stone, came to be known as the Bronze Bastion. The people who occupy the Bastion are trained and experienced rangers, magic users, and arcane archers using specialized weapons ready at a moment's notice in the case of a dragon attack. Now, I recently mentioned the city of Embergate. Well, Embergate is a city of dwarves like you've never seen. A true city as well, not carved out of mountain or under a hill. The dwarves of Embergate, in their own unique way, have built a marvel of architecture. The city's skyline is sprinkled with elegant towers, each evolving over time without losing their history. The people of Embergate are diverse in their interests, but resemble a close-knit family when threatened. They are home to a district of the city called Brew, that's spelled B-R-U, with two dots over the U. The Brew district is home to all sorts. It is the epicenter of what they call alcohol studies. A machine has recently been created there that when fed one drop of a specific brew of alcohol, it can replicate it 100%. People here are able to drink rare brews from all around Talea without worrying about a gigantic price tag or depleting a rare commodity. Though, sadly, after 24 hours, the brew degrades back to water, so there is no use taking it home or trying to sell it, which most people understand. It is truly a marvel of science and magic combined. Moving on to Starpoint, a city of noise, steam, and gears. Here, tinkerers toil away, creating items to ease the stress of everyday life. The cityscape is full of rotating buildings, windmills, and a low cloud of steam. The air is moist almost as if you have to swim through it to get from place to place. The weapons of the Bronze Bastion were created here at Starpoint. 
Large mechanical crossbows that load themselves are mounted in each tower of the Bronze Bastion and also on the walls of the city of Starport Point itself. Excuse me. In the center of town is the reason the city has its name. A gigantic purple jewel perched atop a column of pure obsidian. When the light hits this jewel just right, the city is lit up with thousands of tiny stars. A refraction of the light hitting the jewel. The gnomes here all work on their own creations. The population is cared for by the city government. Everyone is given food, shelter, and other necessities. If you feel the need to go into business for yourself, the profits you make are yours. Basically, you do whatever you want and the government takes care of you. We will explain where the food comes from shortly. However, sometimes the government may call upon you for use of your particular skills to help out in some way. The creation of the Bronze Bastion was one of those times. The design of the city was a group effort. Whenever Star Point or even other cities are in need, if you are able to help, you will be called upon. Now, moving south to the villages of Fairwind Falls and South Summit. They serve as the main providers of wheat, grain, and other crops that help the island flourish and continue to create. However, this doesn't mean that the villagers there are without their own technological wonders. Machines have been created to do most of the work on the farmland without the need for anyone to get their hands dirty. Dew Hollow serves as a point of entry and a place where the fighters of Bronze Bastion may go for rest and relaxation when their watch is over. It's the city closest to the towers, you see, and the soldiers are quartered here in Dew Hollow. Think of this city as the gift shop entrance and exit for anyone who wishes to enter or leave the island. The Scorched Sanctuary as a whole is a very progressive and forward-thinking community. However, it is always under the threat of attack by dragons. Lavinia waves her hand as the blue stone gently floats back to her. She picks it out of the air and sits it gently on her desk. She looks at you and the other students, and she speaks. It appears we are out of time. She clutches the amulet around her neck. Remember to always mind the record keeper. And until next time, don't forget, the Quill Institute knows all. The Quill Institute watches. The Quill Institute is boundless. See you next time, students. Congratulations, you've made it to the end of the Quill Institute Session 2 episode. So, I hope you all are doing well. Uh, we are also doing pretty good. Uh, hopefully, we, we've already begun talks of when we're going to get back together. 
there are less than 10 of us, so technically we won't be breaking any rules if we do so, but we want to make sure everybody is safe before we get back together, because this shit is no joke, children. So remember, everyone, whether you're still under a stay-at-home order or you're not, please, please, please be careful. We love you all. Until next time, have a magical night and a magical life.